0: For the third time, hi Pranav, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Yeah, hi Ryan. Uh, Really nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, So, I think we can start off with, uh, so there is a lot of hype, I think from 2016, uh, I don't know, at least in my head since uh, since 2015, 2016, uh, uh, hype in uh, machine learning, deep learning, AI, uh, Uh and uh, to some extent, I think robotics. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even though I think in machine learning, there are some categories of problem, like, you know, uh, computer vision, natural language, which they have Mm -hmm. made some, uh, they have made some significant strides in that field. Um, How do you look at robotics? Uh, How, where do you think we are compared to, you know, 10, 20 years back? Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Got it so so the thing is Ryan, so with with specifically with robotics so if you'd ask me this question probably before 2020 you were probably you know not very far off from 10 20 years back uh, but the thing is what what covid has done probably one of uh, the very few sectors that were that were able to kind of uh, you know uh, push up because of this whole uh, pandemic was probably the robotics uh, market robotics and automation yeah and the major reason for that was because you know there was a lot of uh, lockdowns happening and you know hesitation with you know uh, people not being able to go to the factories and uh, warehousing and things like that so all these major sectors be it are you know supply chain for groceries or be it you know the manufacturing sector or be it warehousing sector or so all of them were basically sectors that affected the end customer in some way or the other which is like you know uh, regular people like us and all all of these sectors started accepting robots much more into their system because they saw what uh what what a pandemic like what we're facing right now can do to their whole uh business and then they want to try to figure out ways to mitigate it as much as possible and So they've started accepting automation much more so i would say in the last couple of years there has actually been a huge boost i would say say if you consider the time from 2010 to 2018 i would say the amount of development that happened at that time is probably kind of happened over the last couple of years be it with the number of companies uh, that are getting into robotics be it with the number of clients who are open to uh, you know exploring automation and robotics in their facilities so so that way, yeah, that, that's I would say the current uh, situation, but if you look at India specifically, I would still say we are uh, far off from the global uh, market, in, be it in terms of technology and in terms of uh, the, uh, what do you say, the acceptance from the customer side because uh, major thing major reason being India being a very populated country, uh, labor is available in abundance right? so. So that way we are probably still a little behind in the whole global scheme of things, yeah. Right,
0: so what do you think, I mean, um, I'm sorry to bring up machine learning again and again, but uh, I mean, mm-hmm. some of, I, I, I'm familiar with some of the examples. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with some of the break, breakthroughs that did happen yeah. in the field. Uh, yes. So what is, what is? I mean, you spoke about uh, how, you know, prior to 2020, probably, you know, not much, or, you know, the uh, level of progress might have been a little, um, you know, slow or whatever. Uh, what do you think is driving the progress currently? I mean, uh, what's the major factor that's really causing, um, I don't know, a lot of companies to invest in robotics? Or uh,
1: is, there a, is there a signal
0: ma- major breakthrough that's happening maybe in reinforcement learning? Or uh, uh, I don't know, in the way uh, some things are manufactured? Uh, is, there a, is, there, is there some secret here?
1: So So actually, no. So the thing is, in terms of development and technology, i wouldn't say there is a lot of progress happening on that end uh, compared to like say I, I mean in terms of the acceptance of robotics that i was talking about earlier most of the development or acceptance has been from the side of the consumer so there is already a lot of existing technology like if you look at slam if you look at uh, aspects of machine say, say specifically for robotics uh, machine learning would mostly go into you know uh, building autonomous systems and things like that right so uh, it's more it's it's i think it's gotten more to do with how uh, the customers have started accepting robots in their facilities or being more open minded about uh, having uh, automation in their facilities and not look at it as you know something that they have to accustom themselves to or something that's uh, more of a disadvantage than an advantage so uh, that that's one thing and in terms of uh, technology if you ask me uh, probably one major step would be that uh, so, although right now we are going through a semiconductor uh, crisis, definitely. But but apart from that, generally, I think there has been a lot of, uh, say, if you look at AI or if you look at uh, machine learning capabilities that are being concised into smaller modules and smaller hardware. And that is really propelling uh, robotics, especially since probably say 2016, uh, that that's been a major factor where uh, prior to 2015, that that was not pretty common, it, it wasn't very easy to uh, run a full uh, deep learning model on a small compact uh, computer, right. But right now that possibilities of that have opened up and that that's really driving quite a few uh, new uh, innovations in robotics. And since, since the people working on uh, people building it have gotten more, let's say, more leverage right now in terms of how much computing power you can pack into a robot. So that, that would be a major thing, but that's that's something you know that's been happening since 2016. So that jump happened probably around 2016, 2017, but before that, that was probably a bit more slower. Yeah. So I would say yeah, these are the two major factors. If you look at from the technology side, it's probably the uh, access to better and compact technology that would go into robots. And from the consumer side, there's been a huge shift in mindset where more people want to explore robotics in their facilities.
0: Um, Can you uh, so since you're uh, an industry insider, I mean, so I mean, uh, for the general public or for even me, um, mm-hmm. I mean, most of the information that we get uh, about robotics or the general public gets about robotics is by uh, not even reading technical papers, but it's about it's from I don't know Wired magazine or MIT Technology Review or some mm-hmm. kind of uh, publication, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as, I mean, my experience has been generally these. Uh, media companies generally blow things out of proportion. I mean, you you mm-hmm. never get like the like you never get the complete picture. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So uh, you know uh, there was a lot of excitement. That I also remember I think even, not only in the field but also outside the field when people were watching these Boston Dynamics videos and you know mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were thinking that you know automation is around the corner. But a mm-hmm. lot of people uh, I mean people working inside the field know how complex of a problem uh, even like like simple walk is, um, Mm -hmm. so as an insider, um, where are we in this, uh, in this, in this, if you look at automation as a spectrum from, Mm -hmm. you know, um, starting with no, I mean, not able to do anything plus, Mm -hmm. and the end point would be being able to do everything a human can do plus, you know, multiply that with whatever, hundred X or thousand X, uh, where -hmm. do you think we are on that spectrum?
1: so uh let's say I think uh, with with uh, specifically when you look at where we are in the spectrum so if, if you if you're looking at automation uh, right right now robots are where we are at right now is robots are pretty capable of doing let's say tasks with precision accuracy and better efficiency uh, and that that's what they are meant to do right but but by that what I mean is if you look at a warehouse for example there are quite a few so if you, if you look at a process like uh, picking goods to person where you where, where you know you have robots getting you, I'm, I'm sure you know a lot of us would have seen these videos amazon's warehouse videos and things like that right so robots like that are i would say pretty much uh, already already among us uh being used in a lot of places that we are not already aware of and as you said in the media very few of those come outside but but it's a it's happening very prominently but not at a larger uh, scale i would say that's that's still a lot of people are still catching on uh, to it but it's still pretty prominent so there are quite a few companies like we have you know donezo uh, deliveries and swiggy delivery uh, instamart and things like that right so there are uh, quite a few companies that are you know working on micro fulfillment centers that can fast track uh, you know the picking of the orders that we place uh, right and then there there is a uh, complete uh, industrial material movement that that which which is also what we are focused on at ACU, uh that people are uh, able to constantly use in the manufacturing industries in warehouses in the hospitality sector right uh, so they have become they are, they are more present in the environment than we see so there are probably if if you honestly ask me there are maybe two or three of those articles that come out of 10 robots that exist uh, out there so that that's probably why people when you when you see the first robot uh, I, I remember waiter the concept of a waiter robot has been there for quite some time uh, in India itself but even now when you see you know uh, robot waiter people are still pretty fascinated by it but but it's it's that that line over there about what is uh, what actually fascinates people and what actually uh, already exists. I think that line is kind of drawn by the media, like you rightly pointed out. Uh, but a lot of that technology is already very much available and being used uh, by people. Uh, it's on a, on a very uh, higher scale, especially if you go to a place like Europe or a place like the US. It's it's pretty common, and there are quite a few companies solving quite a few complex problems. Uh, right. So it's it's so. I think for Indians specifically, for us, we we've still not gotten uh, to a point where it's become common knowledge or common adoption in india uh, one because there is uh, in india even as a startup ecosystem we are still more focused on the software aspect of things hardware is something that we're still lagging behind when you compare to a uh, country like china or the us so so we we're definitely you know getting there we're definitely catching on but at this point, for us, uh, for specifically the point that you mentioned about, you know, the uh, media aspect of things, that's something more prominent in India eh? because uh, many of the people, if I'm if I'm talking to a few friends abroad and things like that, they they are uh, they they see there are uh, for example there are you know robots that are delivering food in the U.S. right now, uh, but probably if a video of that is shared with uh, one of us, right, it, it would be something really fascinating. But it's it's become a very common thing in quite a few places across uh, the world. Uh, but when you talk specifically about something that a, a company like Boston Dynamics is doing, what they're doing is uh, some some really complicated engineering, some extremely interesting work. Yeah, And uh, that's definitely not something that has hit uh, the common man's uh, eyes or common usage. That's that's something that uh, they still that's still being used for, uh, let's say uh, I I saw the last one was being used for in a nuclear power plant where you know there is complete human access being cut off. Uh, there was uh, I, I saw SpaceX was using one of their robots for uh, inspection after takeoff of their uh, uh, rockets. So mm-hmm. so those robots are still probably being used in niche because one is. What a legged robot, like what Boston Dynamics does, can achieve, even a wheel robot can achieve on a day-to-day basis, which which would also be much more cost-effective compared to a complicated uh, legged robot, uh, right? So that that is uh, one thing, but there are quite a few things in terms of intelligence and in terms of the adaptability of that whole robot and how uh, agile it is. There are quite a few use cases, say, if you look at defense or if you look at, uh, you know, uh, a place like, as I said, search and rescue and things like that. Uh, that that's where, you know, wheeled robots might find it more difficult and you would want to go for more complicated robots like that. And a company like Boston Dynamics, essentially, their target is not to prop, uh, cater to uh, the human race in the next one or two years. They are looking at building, I would still call, you know, the spot robot or the Atlas robot, something that is uh, a very sophisticated piece of technology, which would become more affordable and more accessible in the next, uh, let's say, four to five years because hardware prices might come down or uh, they might find better ways to uh, make it cheaper using uh, the software aspect with uh, is like machine learning, artificial intelligence, right? So uh, so that way, yeah, when you look I, at specifically about Boston Dynamics uh, and things that they're doing, that's, the, that's probably the status with that. But otherwise, robots have, I, I would say, uh, become, uh, they're not very far away from becoming something that uh, is of common uh, use to most of us, yeah.
0: Right, I mean, I think Boston, Boston Dynamics was also saying, I think this is in 2015, 2016, that, you know, we have four or five years. I think this four or five years number is very common, I think, in all mm-hmm. industries where they say, you know, in four or five years we'll be, I mean, we'll be mainstream or, you know, yep. we'll probably solve this. Uh, but exactly. anyways, we'll see. Exactly. You may, let's see what happens. Um, yep. So... Um, um, So which industries do you think uh, is um, when you talk about automation, I mean, I think uh, one one misconception, at least uh, in my head also is like, I think when you talk about robotics, I think generally what people think about is, you know, there's this full-fledged human kind machine uh, who is doing Mm -hmm. all the tasks. But generally, if I'm not wrong, it's just a contraption, which, as you mentioned, does precise tasks. Uh, you know, which may be set mm-hmm. up in a warehouse or set up in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. So, um, which kind of uh, which what what industries do you think uh, automation, at least in the stage that we are now in twenty twenty one, is uh, is mm-hmm. very ripe for disruption, or you know, where, where there are going to be um, where there's going to be a large uh, effect of uh, mm-hmm. automation felt on that industry. Which what do you think?
1: Got it. So so that way, I think it's pretty evident that one, as I mentioned earlier, warehousing is uh, ripe. There are quite a few companies uh, in the warehousing space working on robotics and automation solutions. right? The next one is manufacturing, definitely, uh, because uh, as I mentioned, COVID has really uh, made it clear that there are certain things that humans are not going to be essentially uh, able to do at certain points in time. Right? So, these two sectors are uh, really ripe and as, as very actively growing as we speak like uh, the, these are probably the first sectors to feel the whole effect of uh, the whole adv- advances in robotics and automation but but apart from that some other interesting sectors would be hospitality for example uh, like again a situation like covid there are they can ro- they can be robots that can telepresence robots that can go to the patients and the doctors can be uh, you know talking to them over video call or something like that so that Uh, they're not you know uh, in contact with the patient right so that the hospitality is hospitals are one very interesting use case for robots Uh, and there are robots that are being experimented surgical robots that people are doing experiments on so that human error surgeries that fail due to human error can reduce but I would still say uh, healthcare robotics specifically you know when you talk about surgeries and stuff uh, that that's probably still a lot of years of couple of years at least of testing and uh, you know iterations away but but that's prop, that's that's the next most impactful thing that i see happening uh, in the healthcare space and apart from that uh, the if you look at there are few companies in the uh, us and uk that are building on uh, robots that are uh, catering to the hospitality sector where you can it can be a robot that's being a bellboy or it can be a robot that's serving uh, food in different rooms across a hotel uh, right uh, that that's that's been happening in quite some places uh, and and apart from that if you if you these are these are more of i would say if you so the way i would like to split it is two yeah so one is robotics as a necessity robotics and automation as a necessity that is you know creating a genuine return on investment for the customer uh, or that is giving them actual uh, financial benefits right so those sectors would ideally be you know your manufacturing sectors your uh, warehouses uh, these are these are sectors that can see you know very immediate benefits of automation in the first year of deployment and things like that uh, and but when you look at a sector like you know healthcare or hospitals it's more of something that is improving human efficiency uh, but probably not necessarily giving them a monetary advantage as such it might be something that's giving them uh, improved uh, you know uh, let's say safety safety is one uh, very major place where it plays a role and also uh, in some industries it's also kind of like uh, you know just a attraction of sorts that uh, if you look, if you look at a restaurant that's having robots for a waiter uh, that's that's just kind of an attraction and uh, uh, you know something that might you know fascinate people right uh, but not necessarily give the restaurant an advantage because of the same especially in a place like india so so yeah so I, that's that's how i would like to see it and these are like I, the immediate prominent sectors that that seem to be you know uh, being impacted by robotics yeah which industry
0: i mean which industry do you think like uh should which industry do you think should be definitely impacted by automation but uh you think is like very very difficult probably um you know to automate is there is there something is there some industry in your mind
1: so I, I don't think there's there's something uh, immediately that is coming to my mind with with respect to that because because when you talk about automation specifically it's, it's so so if you talk about automation automation is more you know mundane and repetitive tasks right uh, and so these all the all the industries that are capable of doing that are kind of pretty much uh, already i would say uh, doing it but but one place that that is still up and coming uh, that that is going to play an important role is you know the last mile delivery space uh, micro fulfillment centers with all our you know instant grocery delivery and things like that so I think that that's something that's really going to uh, play a key role in the coming years especially with the number of companies that are looking into uh, you know delivering groceries in half an hour 15 minutes there, there's a uh, new company that's trying to do it in 10 minutes and all of those things so with that uh that space with with you know last mile delivery seems to be something quite fascinating that that uh would definitely uh have a lot of companies working on automation solutions for uh but but apart from that i think if you look at automation specifically quite a few places are impacted but on the other side of things more than automation i would say what we need right now is Education on automation and education in robotics, yeah. Uh, in, and why I mean to say that is, so that way if you ask me which sector needs automation, maybe not automation directly, but what we do need is education about automation and robotics. Uh, especially, uh, again, I'm com- probably stressing a lot on this, but again, coming to a country like India, we have a huge population. We have uh, a lot of things going on, but for, for as a society for us to evolve, I think one major thing that's going to happen is, we because of our population, it's very easy for us to say that we don't want automation or you no, know, it's it's going to take away jobs and things like that. But I think one major sector where automation should result in, uh, advent of automation should result in focus uh, should be the education sector because people need to be upskilled in order to be able to find different kind of jobs. People need to be able to, uh, work with these machines. Uh, in tandem, right? So, so I would say maybe a different take to your question, but I would say that is one sector where a lot more uh, uh, knowledge about automation and the approach to technology and robotics needs to uh, be different, especially in a, a densely populated country like India. Yeah, so that that's what I feel. Yeah. Um,
0: so, how did you get into uh, robotics? Uh, and, I mean, robotics, automation.
1: Um, you know how, how, like, like what what really uh, inspired you to do that cool so so ideally uh yeah so i i basically graduated in 2019 i did my uh, mechanical engineering from uh, vit vellore and one thing uh when i joined college was that uh, something i was very curious about or something that uh, really uh, was important to me was that i always had to do I, I wasn't, it's not like when I got into college, I was like, I'm going to do robotics, I'm going to do this. I, it's not like everything was sorted in my head or anything like that. But the the point was that I, I really wanted to do something that most people were not doing. I, I wanted to pick up something that, that was comparatively rare compared to, say, my peers or, uh, yeah, so so that way I, I was like on learning. constantly showing the first, pardon?
0: Something like machine learning. I think everybody's doing machine learning these days.
1: Yeah, so I mean that uh, that's again another topic for uh, discussion. And so the thing, the way people treat machine learning uh, these days is uh, not something that I'm I'm probably very you know positive about because as you said, right? Uh, people, many people say you know they're picking up machine learning, they're doing machine learning, but it's far from the actual machine learning. And and you would you would actually you would be able to answer that better because there are quite a few packages like you know there's this, people run models on TensorFlow and there's the uh, things with YOLO and then that, that kind of gives a feeling that, you know, you're into machine learning, but machine learning is much more deeper. There is a lot more mathematics involved and all of those things, right? Right, So, so I think that way people probably going into deep machine learning, which would actually create an impact or create something new from, you know, artificial intelligence and reinforcement learning and things like that. I think that, that very quite, a very few people are doing if you, if you ask me, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, if you... If you
0: did...
1: Yeah, exactly. So so that way, same way right now in, in our space also, that's something that I'm identifying. Yeah, you can see quite a few people saying that, you know, we've worked on this project, we've, we've attended this hackathon and we've done this and we've done that because of all the things that are happening uh, these days in colleges and the amount of opportunities people are getting. But the amount of people who are you know actually able to sit down and solve a problem uh, sit down and you know think about a problem and come up with a solution of their own it's probably uh, not as much as it seems like you know there is access to uh, knowledge and content out there in on the internet or be it from the opportunities that we get right so that that is definitely there uh, but yeah for me so being a mechanical engineer it was it was a very natural thing to uh, probably explore automobile engineering or explore uh, that that was like yeah that was uh so that was something maybe i was also a bit inclined to during uh school as well like you know you're always uh, most people are obviously fascinated by cars and things like that but uh, when i joined college one thing i realized was that uh, the, the automobile sector is probably one of the most uh matured uh, engineering fields of engineering in the world right there are there are constant Uh, upgrades and constant things I mean everything is kind of sorted in that sector uh, right Uh, mostly and uh, whatever whatever needs to be sorted sorted in that sector requires automation and robotics (laughs) right and Uh, what about the
0: self-driving and uh, you know that part Um, do you think what do you think about that
1: so the thing with self-driving and electric cars is I think it's it's very much on the cards. It's it's. I but I. Uh, it's it's already. I, I mean, I'm sure you've also seen in quite a few places how, uh, Tesla is doing their own tests. Uber is doing their tests. Uh, Waymo is doing their uh, tests, and I think probably by twenty, twenty three, twenty twenty four, 2024, we, we should, be seeing uh, complete self driving cars uh, on the roads, but again for uh it, it depends on uh, if, even when you look at self-driving it's not that the cars have gotten to that intelligence level there where they can probably handle the traffic situation in india right or they can handle the they, they need extreme amount of uh, let's say discipline uh, right the way the roads are built in the way the traffic rules are and, and all of those things right? so in terms of intelligence, I think we're still getting there. Uh, about a one solution fits all kind of system, uh, but definitely in a in lot of places in the Europe and in places in the uh, US, self-driving cars are not very far from becoming a reality. And in fact, a lot of uh, I think uh, most Teslas already have their autopilot mode demos and things on on the cars, right? So so yeah, it's mm-hmm. not not definitely not uh, very far away and i'm i'm actually really excited about the whole electric vehicle situation and and uh, how how that is panning out in, in india and india is really catching on well with that so so that that's something that i'm looking forward to but probably the self driving thing which is the next step after electric vehicles is uh, still a little far away from common use in in a place like uh, india till we get better with our traffic rules but definitely not too far away from, uh, let's say, human use, yeah.
0: Right. So, how did you? Uh, how did you make that jump from being interested in robotics and you know doing something unique and not not doing something where there was a lot of competition to mm-hmm. making that jump and uh, you know starting ICO robotics?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so the, so that so, so in my first semester, I was ideally exploring, seeing what's the right right what what I can do and what all I wanted to explore and. Uh, one constant thing was that curiosity and thing to always do something uh, different. So that way, what I did do was there was this uh, Mars rover team uh, in college where, where we built Mars rover prototypes to uh, participate in competitions abroad. So so that was the start. Like That's where I, I would say it all started. Uh, so in my first semester, I, I got into that team and... Uh, so I started working on, you know, initially, the whole of first year went into learning all the mechanical aspects of building a robot, how how to go about building the structure, how to, uh, so essentially, these, I, I mean, I'm sure, like, uh, you're aware of how a Mars rover works, right? So it has a suspension system so that it can, you know, traverse over different kinds of terrains and uneven terrain. Uh, it, it, should, it should be having a robotic arm so that it can collect and drill sample. Uh, it has uh, uh it it needs to be having you know a good range of communication it needs to have some uh, a mini laboratory on board so that it can analyze the soil samples that it's it's working it's collecting and things like that so so all of these systems need to needed to be built and integrated mechanically so whole of my you know first year kind of went uh into that and one thing i realized was that uh, by the end of my first year so the, the primary goal was that by the end of Four years i should be able to you know completely build a version of a robot by myself from you know the mechanical design aspects to the electronics and you know the uh, software so that after first year that interest kind of you know kept growing uh, i was i explored more i saw what uh, it, it basically it was about uh, you know in I, I don't know if you've experienced this in most cases it just requires sometimes you require a key to unlock your uh brain to understand a lot more things and uh, you know get to the next stage and and that whole experience was kind of like that where you know it helped me realize what i uh, was really you know happy doing and what what really made me uh you know made me tick yeah so that uh, that that was very important in me getting into robotics and uh, pursuing it as you know a career option right? so uh, that way so the first rover that we built we got to take it to the european rover challenge in poland and uh, represent the college and country doing that so all of these things what they also did was the kind of were, were also building a good uh, confidence on myself for me uh, around what i'm doing uh, because yeah as, as when i started i was not really uh, was straight out of school i was not really a very confident kid who could probably you know uh, just just take bold or confident decisions about a lot of things that i wanted to do right so so these things started giving me that momentum that confidence and then then it was all about uh, about the curiosity to learn more and understand until and date that that's something that uh, really gets me excited so even today if, if there is an opportunity for me to learn something new that 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 probably uh, gets me the most excited rather than doing something that i uh, already was good at uh, so so that so thankfully since since I had that I, I was exploring uh how electronics how, how a basic electronic system would work and uh, that's when you know you you start off with uh, all your Arduino and uh, Raspberry Pis and things like that to understand how how certain aspects of uh, a basic robot work and once once you know I got a hang of that there were like a few a few uh. Projects that I was working on, I I, I, I volunteered to build one of my uh, seniors' final final year project so that I could learn and keep you know the uh, components that they were using for that project, and it it, it was kind of like you know win win So this kind of gave me a bit of momentum into what I was doing, and eventually that Mars rover team in my by the time I reached my third year, I was given the opportunity to lead that whole team and. When I was able to lead that whole team, what, what essentially happened was I, right now, got the opportunity in college to lead a team of 30 people uh, working on a multidisciplinary project, uh, managing funds of about you know 10 to 15 lakhs, about where that funding has to be allocated to what particular component and uh, what kind of uh, resources is it going to be used to ship the robot? Is it going to be used to? It was pretty much like running a small startup of my own Yeah. Uh, in college, and with that safety net of uh, being in college, so that that really gave uh, me good enough confidence to uh, that that after college I would be able to start my own uh, venture and uh, whatever it would be. And and on the side, the other thing that I was uh, also doing was so once I decided that probably in the end of my second year that you no, know, I, I wanted to start my own uh, company after I was done with. Uh, College. I, I made sure, you know, I started doing uh, internships in other startups so that I can understand how they operate. Uh, and then, uh, fortunately, they were also robotic startups, so so that gave me a lot of insights into how they're going about their product development and things like that. Right. So that. So I think overall, uh, these experiences in college kind of just gave me enough momentum and just led to uh, doing what I am doing right now. But before before we started Accio, uh, so Accio is essentially one year old from 2020 we've been working on Accio but from 2019 from when I graduated we were uh, working on this uh, assistive technology device for visually impaired people so essentially the goal with that was to enable them to uh, be able to read any kind of text uh, in braille and we we were building our own refreshable braille display and things like that which uh, which we had come up with a novel mechanism you know for the actuation and and all of those things so 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 we, we had initially received a grant of grant from the government for that so we started pursuing that and we started building that and in march when the lockdowns happened and when the pandemic struck we, we had completed uh, the first version of our product and we wanted to start testing uh and we were not able to do that because uh you know because of the pandemic yeah so so then we were we were obviously kind of in a limbo as to what's the right way forward for us as a company and, and organization and uh, uh, so on the side we were we were working with a few clients to design custom robots for them we were we were uh, trying to do some uh, projects just to keep the cash flowing in and uh, eventually that just uh, built into you know what Accio is today uh, with the uh, what what with the team that we have with the team of about fifteen people that we have and uh, the, all the really really f- and we're really really fortunate to have quite a few prominent people backing us. so so that way it was it was probably a series of unexpected events that led to Aku starting but with respect to what uh, we did in college as such the mo- most of the team when we started Aku was from the same rover team that I had worked on in the college uh, worked on worked with. Uh, in college, so so it was essentially kind of you know a snowball effect from there, from all the events that happened in college that that you know led to Accio happening Yep.
0: Uh, on the industries, like once you did start the once you did start ICIO, um, I mean, mm-hmm. um, did you have? I mean, was it like you know you you were speaking to some clients and you know they were asking you can you build this for us and you realized there was an opening and then you ended up mm-hmm. going into that industry or were you you plan this ahead saying you know maybe this industry is right for innovation or disruption and you know we should focus on this uh, how did you decide to like focus on x industries and x uh, areas
1: mm-hmm. so so with respect to that we understood that you know what we're building right now which is autonomous mobile robots are probably the lowest uh, barrier to entry in the robotic space in terms of all the complicated things that you can do with robots uh, and uh, Lowest lowest barrier of entry doesn't make it any simple, but uh, uh, yeah, but but it seemed like uh, an achievable target, and we set out with that idea. But uh, that you know, initially, actually during the pandemic, we started working on this uh, outdoor autonomous delivery robot for for you know last mile food delivery and things like that, uh, and then that project somehow converted. Because, because how of how complicated the technology is, and we definitely didn't have the resources and funding to go through with it. Uh, we had a few prototype designs and things like that. That kind of converted into, uh, you know, indoor mobile robots that that we are building on currently. And we were also fortunate enough to speak to a few clients in the very beginning. Uh, before before we even you know started conceptualizing Accio as to how important material movement and robotics is in this space. Uh, so yeah, so definitely, a lot of client input helped us uh, to zero in on that we'll be working on mobile robotics uh, right now. Uh, and uh, after that, as a company, we're still in a phase where you know we are trying to identify what is that ideal sector that we want to really focus on and uh, you know carry forward uh, as as you know our uh, core USP. Uh, but the way we are approaching our product right now is we're building a base platform that can cater to multiple sectors as as you keep swapping the payload on top of the robot so that's the way we're catering to it uh, but in in terms of the industries we're catering to so that the specifically as i mentioned earlier warehousing uh, manufacturing hospitality and uh, healthcare yeah. so these are the industries that we are uh, looking at on a wider scale but one year down the line we definitely want to focus on one industry that we can really capitalize on and be experts at, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, can you comment a little bit about, on the competition, I mean, um, and also maybe on the psychology of getting into robotics? I mean, robotics is generally considered a very technical, hardcore, hard tech mm-hmm. uh, field. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you look at the competition? Uh, is there intense, uh, I mean, um, like, are there robotic companies starting left right and center or how
1: is the, i mean mm-hmm. how is the field uh, evolving yep so so after the pandemic there are robotics companies starting left right and center uh, there are uh, companies that we knew new companies coming up probably every one one new company coming up every week or every once every couple of weeks doing different kind of things and especially in our space there there is definitely quite a bit of competition from existing uh, players uh, big players in the market as well as uh, the new companies that are that are coming up. But the interesting aspect about this whole thing is the sectors that we are catering to the market is so huge that let's say for in a place like India, there are quite a few big companies operating out of India doing uh, what we're doing right now. And still, I would say uh, 8 to 10%, not even 8 to 10% of the market is penetrated. Uh, There is uh, and 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 it's constantly growing. Yeah, with e-commerce growing, with you know uh, manufacturing requirements going, with warehousing growing as a result of all of these things, the necessity is only growing uh, and expanding. And this whole market that we are dealing with right now, by twenty twenty-five, it's, it's almost expected to hit about six point two five billion, which is which is which is give which gives enough room for quite a few uh, players. And that that's the I think that's the beauty of the market that we are in and the only thing that was missing so far was customer acceptance which which is also started happening right now in india so so yeah so that way yeah competitors are there uh, quite a few companies are coming up uh, working on a lot of different problem statements with robotics uh, and yeah and then and, and the market is also growing along with that so that way it's it's i guess a win-win for all of us
0: um, finally what does the future look like for Accio and maybe even for you personally can you comment a little bit about that
1: can you comment Yeah, so about- so for Accio what, what we are looking at right now is we we as I said like in the next one year we want to be able to position ourselves as a, a expert or a specialized company in one particular sector where if, if be it manufacturing or be it uh, healthcare hospitality warehousing whichever, whichever we are able to you know make the best of uh, which we are still you know experimenting and identifying as a young organization so uh, that so once we cement ourselves there we we have like a few things in the pipeline that require a lot of r d and research uh, to you know master and perfect which which can you know really uh, make things quite better for generally in the robotic space i would say so there are a few breakthrough technologies that we want to work on uh and then the goal is that we we want to build up build a good team build a very solid foundation over the next couple of years to be able to uh, get to that uh that point and then apart from that we are also focusing on uh how how we could uh, look into as, as i mentioned earlier like is this something like you know a micro fulfillment center, fulfillment center a possibility or something like outdoor autonomous delivery robots a possibility right so so we are exploring uh, those things as well in the for the future, but uh, right now yeah, right now in uh, the way things look for Accio is that as I said we are looking to build that stable foundation with the current product that we have and the team that we have. Uh, and yeah, for for me personally, yeah, it's it's just uh, as in as a uh, as a co-founder of the company, it is synonymous to where uh, Accio uh, is going. Yeah, so what? Uh, so my hundred percent focus and attention is is going to be with. Taking to taking IQO to wherever it can reach, and that the potential for where a company like Accio can reach is, uh, is really huge, and then we hope we're able to get there. So that's that's how the next few years look. Yeah. Um,
0: on that note, in front thank you so much for taking the time, and I wish you all the best. And uh, yeah, uh,
1: thank you for uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much, Rain Thank you for